Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Diamond in the back, sunroof top, big in the scene with a gangster lean. Diamond in the back, sunroof top, big in the scene with a gangster lean. What's up, everybody? It's your coach on this episode of the Coach HP Show. I'm going to title it How the World Came to My Man, Lou Janelle also known as Little Lou in the world out there. But before we get into this episode, it's back. Promo code CoachHP. Promo code CoachHP when you just need a little more positivity. You're not getting that call you want from the job. You're not getting that call you want from that chick, from that dude. You're not getting that call you want from the coach is not putting you in the lineup. He's not putting you in the game. Promo code Coach HP. Tap on to more positivity. Instantly, instantly in your heart goes right to your mind. More positivity. So you can attack, go hard, and do your thing. Now on this episode, the legend of Little Lou how the world came to Little Lou. Talk about how how just being patient, being at the right place, the right time, who knew that the world would come to video games, that the world would come to sports cards, and that my man, Little Lou, would be right in the epicenter of it more famously known for being right-hand man to my man Gary V, to being an intricate part of Team Gary V. But being a host is added to his resume too, a podcast host of Card Talk. I recommend you check that out. Really knows his stuff. Really a guy here, level-headed, has been through a lot, was fortunate to be at Vayner, very young, right out of high school. So even though he's still young, still in his mid-20s, seen a lot. So it's a good episode for for people out there that are like, that they see, they're fans of Gary, they see what that world looks like. How do you get involved? What are pressures that people deal with growing up, the future, all these things. So without further delay, here's the episode with my man, Little Lou Gino on the Coach HP show. Let's go. Diamond in the back, sunroof top, 
the last time somebody called you Luis Luis um when I was in grammar school there was like three Louis Luz Louis is Louis I I don't even know what the fuck and what the heck sorry are we cursing oh you can say what the fuck now you're good, girl. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um yeah so like there was a bunch of us in my classes I had three or four and so the one kid's name was Luis and then my teacher used to call me Luis to annoy me <laughs> damn and then dude you're the first – we've completed now the first father-son combination. I know. Show. That's how, crazy. How, how awesome is that? You're, did you ever have issues with your last name? Um, what, people pronouncing it wrong? Yeah, like Genix or something like yeah, that? Yeah, my whole life people said my name wrong. I think I – so there's this whole thing of me and my dad where my dad says Jano, but that's not the last name that I know. Like my last name is Janu. Like I've said Janu my whole life. That's what he used to say. And then all of a sudden he changed it at some point. And oh, like, I don't know yeah. what happened. So I just keep rocking with Janu. With but he says Janu. It's very strange. He says Janoa. Dude, yeah. if I were to, if there were to be a title for a book in your life, it would be How the World Came to Me That's by a fact. Lou Janu. That's a fact. That's a fact. Bro. By Lou Janu Jr. How the World Came Came to me, I'm telling you, bro, because <laughs> you right now have the luckiest guys, but also one of the most talented guys, man, to be able to be in the world you're in right now, pulling off what you're pulling off right now is really special, man. Do you feel that? Like, honestly, do you feel you're in a special spot? Um, One zillion percent. It's literally impossible for me to probably put it into words. Um every single day is like something more insane and insane in like the best possible way. Like there's just something outrageous going on every single day. Um, like today I wake up and we're launching or we Gary's launching a baseball agency. Like yesterday Dude, it was something else. Ho hold on. Whoa. whoa, whoa. Cause we got to talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about a it. Any chance we're jumping over or what? What do you think? No, not, no, not anytime soon. No, no, no. I'm super well, good. Why? Because, because you have, Here's the thing that I've always said about you. You have enough talent to spot talent. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I've been an assistant. I've been Gary's assistant for like a year now. I think I would like to stay in that position for a while. I think I'm learning like so much. Um, would I like to be involved in like sports agency one day? Probably. Like, that sounds super cool. Um, it's just a matter of like when the right time for that is. And it's not the second. That's for sure. Dude, if they sign Bregman, what then? Are you jumping over? Oh, then, no? I'm over then I'm over. See ya. <laughs> See ya, Gary. How hard is it to be? Because I think the two hardest places to be an Astros fan is in L.A. But in L.A., they don't really care, bro. It looks cool. You're rocking an Astros gear, whatever. Yeah. But in New York, it has to be brutal, man. And to have a lot of your A stuff, uh, Astro stuff, mm -hmm. be put on social of what you're at how do you do with that bro do you get a lot of haters <laughs> people mess around but uh you know everybody 
the one thing that no one wants to admit is that all these teams are doing the same thing. Not all, but like a lot of these teams are doing the same thing, right? Right. right. So you can you can point and laugh. That's fine. I did the same thing with the Patriots, right? Like it's the same. It's pretty much the same thing from like a cheating cheating standpoint, right? Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. so I don't know. I mean, people mess around with me. I'm sure. I'm sure people tweet me and all that stuff, but it's whatever. Dude, have you got, have you started getting recognized now? Um. No, definitely not. It's happened like a couple random times. Like at the like when we go to the card show, like I go to card shows, people know know who I am. Um, there was one time where someone in my building was like, "Were you? Are you on a? Are you on trash talk?" I was like, "Yeah." Like it, it's like a, like random little things like that, but nothing like crazy. Dude, it's 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 about to get even crazier, bro. <laughs> let's let's for you, man. Let's let let's go way back, man. So yep, you were born in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Teaneck, New Jersey. Okay. How was that, man? How was that experience for you growing up there? Um, it was good. So, like, my parents got divorced when I was super young, right? So, uh, when I was first born, we lived in North Bergen. We moved up to Harrington Park. This is irrelevant for no one unless you live in New Jersey. But my parents got divorced. I grew up down more, like, North Jersey area, Palisades Park, Fort Lee, Fairview, Anglewood area. I, I moved around a little bit. Um, I went to Catholic school for a big chunk of my life. So, I had, like, the same group of friends um, when I was growing up. And then when I got into high school, I went to St. Joe's Regional for two years i had really bad grades i got the hell out of there and uh i went to public school where i got to meet up with a bunch of my friends who i hadn't who i'd never gone to school with i played sports with i played baseball with um football with a little bit when i was younger but i never really got to go to school with them so my sophomore my junior my senior year of high school all were in my town it's kind of where i made like one of two of my best friends now sean and matt um we still hang out all the time we text all the time all that stuff but uh it was great i have no i've not one complaint about growing up. It's been amazing. Lou, first job that you had? Uh, my first job, I worked at our local town pool in our uh, concession stand. I got to do the register for a year. The next year, they let me cook a little bit. Not that much, but mostly register stuff. Um, How old were you? 15? 15 or 16? One of those, yeah. Did you start driving at that age already? Uh, no, Jersey's different. We don't get our permits until we're 16. And then we can't actually drive by ourselves until we're 17. And then I never even had a car until my senior year of high school when I was 18. So, um, yeah, I drove around a little bit, but nothing too crazy. So let's say we went to high school. School's not for you. What, what happened after this? Were you lifeguard professionally or register? What'd you do after that? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, you know, I was, I was in high school, had terrible, terrible grades, horrifically bad grades. Um, what would you do all day? Just like space out or what would you do during class? I was just messing around. Like I just messed around all day. The, the my whole thing, I mean, people, I'm sure people growing up are gonna be, that I grew up with, they're going to be like, nah, you were just kind of stupid, which is probably true. But I also just didn't care at all. So I just hung out all day. Right. Like I mess around. I used to go sit in our guidance counselor's office like all day long. The thing I always say too is my senior year of high school, we got our books the first day. I put them in my locker and then I never opened the locker again. As far as I know, they're still sitting in the locker, all the books. Dude, were you popular? No, like I had I had my friends. We were all pretty close. It was a pretty small class. I think we only had like a hundred and something kids in our my graduating class. So we all were pretty what, close. What was Pop saying to you while all this was going on, man? Um, it wasn't great. Wasn't a great scene early on. Uh, he definitely wanted me to have good grades and, um, he wanted me to play sports, wanted me to have good grades. I kind of just wasn't interested. Um, and 
eventually I think I kind of like beat him into submission and he was just over it. And that's kind of when the, the Vayner media thing came up. So my junior year of high school, um, Gary, my dad spoke and they, Gary, let me come in intern over there at Vayner media. I guess the second year they were in existence, 2011 or no third year. Yeah. I entered there for the summer. Um, let's, talk just, about that. let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So yeah. had you before then Lou, other than with grades, had you dealt with any kind of failure before? Uh, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. My, fr my freshman year of high school, the reason I went to the high school I went to was like to play sports there, to play football there. Um, that was kind of what I was excited about. I was definitely influenced a little bit by like my parents and like some friends, all that stuff. But that's kind of why I went there, right? I went there to play football and my freshman year, I, I worked pretty hard in the summer. I got to start our first game of the season, fresh freshman football, nothing crazy, but I got to start my, the first game of the season. That was a big deal for me. Um, and I got absolutely ran on i got destroyed destroyed and huh? destroyed and i got benched at the end of that game and then from that point on i was pretty much checked out like i was like cool like i i didn't do well with failure right like i got punched in the mouth and like kind of went into a hole kind of like i just wasn't good i wasn't i wasn't like built for it at the time right right right, right. um i kind of went into a hole and like that kind of put me out I, I would say that probably put me on a path to do poorly in school um i was doing i figured it out kind of when I got into seventh, eighth grade, I got good grades. I got into the school I wanted to get into. Um, and then after like, I want to say like by like December, my freshman year, I was just fully checked out. Really? All right. So the whole Vayner thing comes into existence. Mm -hmm. What are you, what are you thinking about, man? Are you like, you know what? I'm going to try this out to make my dad happy. Like what's running through your brain? Um, it was a long time ago. I don't totally remember, but it was definitely it wasn't 10 Hudson yards yet. Was it? No, we were at like the uh, old place. Yeah, it was four offices ago. We were right. on uh 23rd and 2nd, I want to say. Yeah, 23rd and 2nd. And it was like, you know, 30 people, something like that. Um, uh, I walked in. I had known Gary and Asia, obviously, but I didn't know them. I knew them pretty well, but I never know them in that sort of area, right? Like right. that kind of attitude. Um, and I kind of just walked in and I was like, all right, whatever, like I'm just gonna do this because my dad said it's a good idea. So <laughs> He's like, yeah, like you can go into New York City. It'll be great. You wake up in the morning, you go down there. It'll be something to do, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure there was a lesson in there somewhere that I never really got to learn. Right, right. That he never told me he was trying to teach me. But uh, yeah, so I did that for that summer. And after that, Gary was kind of like, listen, if you want to come back, like you can come back. Um, so once I heard that, I was like, oh, no college? Amazing. See you later. What um, were you doing that first year as, a, as an intern? Anything they told me to do. Go outside, go grab something help with some projects. It, it what was, was the much... worst thing. What was the worst thing that you're like, dude, this is bullshit. <laughs> um, shout out to Steph Bagley. There was a campaign for one, for one of the clients and it was just like the most manual, like Excel sheet, like Twitter to Excel sheet to, to Google doc to, to like, it was just like painful and probably they were just looking to give me something to do. Cause I was just sitting there all day, but it was just like brutal. Like I'll, I've never forgotten that. Like I think about that kind of randomly sometimes. And what was the coolest thing? Um, the coolest thing was getting a chance to see, getting a chance to like feel what it's like to be alone. Not not alone, but like on my own, kind of like going to do things. Obviously, it was for like four hours. Like I I never really had to do anything, but it was like the first time I had ever been like outside of my shell of away from my parents, doing things for more than you know, five hours a day, not at school, something like that. So it was the first opportunity I had to be like, oh, I can like maybe sort of do things on my own a little bit. Cause like I said, like after, after my freshman year, I kind of went into a box and I was just like 
comfortable with where I was. So right. um, getting outside of that a little bit was good. So we went through that year. Gary comes and says, look, dude, if you want to stay, stay. Talk to me through that. What were you thinking? Um, I would imagine my dad had to convince Gary a little bit for that, but they talked. <laughs> and uh, after my after my uh, internship was over, I, I, rem- I think I remember my dad sitting me down at the house in Kinalon where you've been. Uh, sitting me down and being like, hey, listen, if you want to go there, like you can go there. You cannot, you have to go to school. You have to go to night school, but you can work there full time. And that's the path you're going to go down. Like I fully support you. That's what I think. That's, that's a great idea for you. Like whatever you want to do. Um, right. And again, I was like a stupid kid. So I was like, okay, like whatever. Yeah, like it, it was very much like not something that I was No thinking. idea what you were getting into. No, no I had no idea. idea what I was getting into. And like, I didn't really care. I was stupid. I was like an 18 year old. I was 17, 18 years old. Like I didn't care. And I was like, cool, I'll just go do this for a while. And then I'll figure something else out. Like that's kind of how I've always been. Um, but that obviously didn't happen. Lou, when did it start to sink in that, bro, this is a great opportunity? Um, so it's kind of, have I ever told you? So like we started, I was there. Um, by the time I got back the next year after my son, so I graduated high school like Jan, like June 22nd and I started at Vayner July 12th, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I got there, they were already like a bit, it was like 80, 90 people or something like that, I want to say. Um, so it was already like a real company. And I was like, oh, this is like a real job. Like I'm like an adult, you know, like I kind of like felt kind of cool. Like all my friends are going to college and I was like actually making money. Mind you, I was making like nothing, but like I, I was, <laughs> it was like, oh, still cool. living at I, home. Were you still living at home? Yeah, I lived at home until okay. like three years ago. So, Perfect. Uh, Perfect. yeah, um, yeah, I was like, "Cool, this is amazing. This is fun. Cool." And then what happened was Gary, uh, in classic Gary fashion, one weekend he was like bored at home and he started going on eBay and looking into like old toys, like Hot Wheels and uh, like Master of the Universe. I remember like weird stuff like that. Um, and that eventually became something called Vayner Toys. Um, so what Vayner Toys was is an early version of what the cards thing has become now, uh, right. where we would just go and buy. We would go to a bunch of like auction houses. We would go on eBay, go on Craigslist, buy as many like lots of old toys as we could, and pretty much just resell them on eBay. Um, yeah, so we did that for like six months. So I was at Vayner for about six months, and then we did the Vayner Toys thing for another like six to eight months, and then I went back to Vayner. And when I got back to Vayner was when I realized like, okay this is like a thing now because to be honest with you, the Vayner toys thing wasn't the most fun thing I've ever done in my entire life. It wasn't right, the right, most right. exciting eight months. Um, right. So when I got back, I had the perspective. It was good. I got the perspective of like, Oh cool. Like this is a really good job. Nice. I'm be able to learn some stuff. And ever since then I kind of been locked in. So you did that. And then talk to me about getting into team Gary V because you weren't part of team Gary V yet. Were you? No. So I, I had never been involved in Gary's team. I was at the company for, six years i was coming for six years i was did like regular i was a community manager um and then i went to client service worked on an entertainment business there and then kind of went to gary and i was like hey listen i kind of feel like i'm in a box not in a box i feel like i'm kind of hitting a wall in terms of like i, I kind of feel like i'm doing the same thing every day it's it's kind you didn't of like you didn't like the client stuff you didn't like that yeah i didn't love the client service stuff and like i didn't love that i was kind of just on like a pathway like the path kind of bored me um Again, it's classic me. Like I have no idea what I want to do. So put like even giving me a path in front of me is like boring. Yeah, so yeah. um I hit him, I talked to him and we were at a chess game actually, and he was like, Listen, like, do you want to go work somewhere else? I'm like, No, I want to work with you more directly. So from then on, it was a path, it was a matter of getting me there. That took another six or seven months. And then I was full time team Gary starting February of twenty eighteen, I think. 
How was that talk? Like, hey, look, you're coming full on. Talk to me about that. How did, how did you get that news? We were sitting at a Jets game, and I was like, listen, I'm really bored. And he was like, I get it. What do you want to do? Like, do you want to go work? Da-da-da? You want to go work here? You want to go work there? And I was like, no, I want to. Oh, no, no. When he told you, to when he told you, listen, you're, he said it should take six months. When did he tell you, listen, you're officially 100% on board, Team Gary Vee? You remember that that when he how he told you? It was probably it was pro it wasn't it was it wasn't even a thing. It was like it was in the works for so long. You like, like all right. you like you like landed it. Yeah, you're like yeah. creeping into it, and then you just yeah. Like it was like it. just landing the plane of me like actually like disengaging from everything else. Like all the right. day I like said goodbye to my clients, I was like, all right, cool, later, and I was see on you guys, dude. Yeah. See you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. So from then it was it was full time Team Gary. All right, so we're on Team Gary now. Mm-hmm. How different was that, man? I'm sure now, for a guy like you that loves flying, bro, I'm sure that's your speed all day, every day, huh? Yeah, like I struggled for sure. I thought I, I thought I knew what I was getting into. I had no idea. Gary is a completely different animal. Again, I've known him my whole life, and it was a completely different animal. Like I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, it was kind of just a matter of finding a place for me. I was doing different products. I was owning different platforms. You know, Instagram, blah blah blah. Um, and eventually we were always getting towards a place we we're getting to where I am now, which is I'm his, I'm one of his assistants. Um, so it was like eight months of me just bouncing around doing random projects. We launched a baseball card, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. I helped him with the, sh- I helped with the shoe release, um, a whole bunch of stuff like that. How was the shoe release? How was, how was that for you? Cause you, I know you like Jordans and stuff like that. Do you wear Jordans at the office? Uh, I don't even know what I honestly, bro. I used to do sneakers when I was like in high school, and then I like checked and not out. Not anymore, huh? You're like I, got, I have all the stuff in my closet. I don't even know what it is anymore. What do you wear? What shoes do you wear? Like, I just wear like case you know funny. What do you wear? Gary's sneakers are like very comfortable. Like right. <laughs> the right. I think yeah, the clouds and dirt ones are like super comfortable. So I wear those all the time. Is that your clouds and dirt? That's what like the that's the threes. B- I think the black threes? the black is the that blue. your favorite one? Yeah, it's my favorite one. My favorite one is the one with the with the writing, the high top white ones. The high top white ones, yeah, those are cool. Not my, kind, it's really like not my vibe. You can't imagine me wearing those. That's like not my vibe. I don't think you can so. wear whatever you want, bro. <laughs> I could imagine you with the Nike Mike Back to the Future ones, dude. Locked. In. I mean, that'd be kind of fire. That'd be kind of fire. <laughs> that'd be fucking cool. So, <laughs> you you start getting into the team, Gary V. What do you notice about your personality there, man? What starts making you special, Lou? That you're like, bro, I'm I'm good at this. Um, so like the, the way I would describe it is it went from a culture of like pushing back on things to just trying to actually do them now. So like when you're in client service, you're trying to manage expectations, both internally and externally. Right. So like you're talking to your clients, you want to do X, Y, Z. Cool. Like you have to do da da da. You're talking to your internal teams. You're like, Hey guys, we have to deliver on this by this time. And they're not always the most excited about that. Right. So, right. uh, it's a lot of like managing expectations, a lot of saying no, um, as much as I, as much as it probably shouldn't be that, that's kind of what it what it becomes. Um, but when you get over to Gary's team, it's more of like let's just figure out how to do it, and that's much more my style. Like I'm not like the here's the steps to do the thing. Like I'm way like I said, I'm way more of like we'll just figure it out as we go kind of thing. You're an improv um, kind of guy. You're an improv. Yeah, kind of like guy. it's probably doing it's probably happening incorrectly, but like we're just gonna figure it out. Right. Um, so it's a lot of figure it out. It's a lot of learn by osmosis, um, and. What I sort of, when I started to notice was that I'm I'm capable, <laughs> I'm a capable adult who can do things um, right. and get things done and like lead teams and lead projects and all that stuff. Um, so it was a very very I would say it's a very important like six month stretch that is probably set me on a good path for going forward. 
how important was other than obviously the hookup your dad man like how do you value him now as a mm-hmm. as an older dude what do you think of man what what do you first of all you see the podcast with me and him i, I listened to it the other night then I, okay. Anything new that you didn't know? There were so many new things in this podcast. I was literally talking to my girlfriend the other day. I was texting her and I'm like, the amount of things that he was talking about in this podcast that I've never heard before is so crazy. Like he was telling some story. Like, what was he talking about? I can't remember what it was. There was some story about like going out. And I was like, I've never heard this story in my entire life. Like right, right, there, was, right. I, I, there must be this whole side of my dad that I've just never been exposed to. Of course, of course. Of course, of course. right. What are you proud of him, man? What are you proudest the most of him with you and his um, relationship? You know, we went through a period where we didn't talk for like four years. Um, we like, we got in like a stupid argument. I was an angry, like stupid teenager. Um, we got in a fight and I was like, see you later. And we just didn't talk for a really long time. Um, and then randomly we'd started talking again. And one of the things that I would say I'm the most proud of and like the thing I look at and I'm like, that's awesome is the way he is with Pat now. Um, my little brother, my little stepbrother. Um, right. Cause I sort of see a lot of, I see a lot of myself in Pat in terms of like how he thinks about things. He's way better in school than me. He's way more athletic than me. He's better than me at baseball. He's better than me at school. He's better than me at a lot of things, but I, we see things very similarly a lot of times. Um, and I know my dad and I used to butt heads a lot about that stuff growing up. And now it's nice to see that he's able to like talk to Pat and Pat can talk to him. And that comes with a lot of me talking to Pat and it's me talking to my dad as well on the side of course, and like of course. learning how to deal with each other. And that's been like the best part of the whole thing. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. In your opinion, what makes, what makes Gary Gary, man? What makes him so good? Um, he's relentless. He does not stop for anything ever under any circumstances and he will never do it. And he never, nothing he does is in a negative way. So it's just like, I'm just going to go like, he just does things like it's just nonstop. If it's cards, he's on eBay buying every single card of the guy that he wants. If it's trying to get a client, he will do anything he needs to do to get that client. If it's whatever, like everything is just like relentlessness. Is that even a word? Relentlessness. Um, I love it, dude. I love it. And that's like the, that's the thing I think that, I value the most and something I'm trying to get better at is just unrelenting, never stopping under any circumstances and also doing it with it in a way that doesn't weigh on yourself. Cause a lot of times when you start, you keep working and you're working hard, you never stop. And then you come up for air and you're like, Holy sh-, like that was horrible. Like it was so tiring, et cetera. He's just not like that. Um, and that's kind of the one thing that I value the most from him for sure. Nice dude. Okay. Let's get into now your highlights, bro. I think yeah. your highlight number one for sure is trash talk because do you like the, did you like, do you like the garage experience? Like garage sale? Yeah, it's fun. It's like a fun thing. It's like something to do on a Saturday and like, right. Again, when you're doing it with Gary, it's a little bit different. It's like, I'm going to buy every single thing at every, I'm going to go to 146 houses in four hours. Just destroy everybody. Just destroy everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like if it was me, I'd go to like 30 houses and like <laughs> have yeah. a relaxing Saturday, like maybe find some stuff. Again, it's like 145 houses, et cetera. Um, but it's fun. It's, it's like good. It's good times. It's just good times. That's the real thing. Okay. Now, before we get into the cards, because I'm going to leave that for a little bit later, let's talk about the gaming stuff, man. Sure. The fact that he bought a team and you play a lot of, do you play the, is it Halo? Is that the game? Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah. You play a lot of Call of Duty. Yeah. How is that, man? Because I'm sure 
you can you I know you play a lot, but you say you're not pro, like you're just not there. even in the same universe as those guys. Not even the same. What what is it for you liking these guys? It's almost like if Fainer were to buy part of the Astros, almost. What are you I learning did. from that video game experience, that esports thing, man? That I like being exposed to the industry, right? Like it's an emerging industry, and anyone in the industry is going to say it's been here for a while, but it's definitely having a little bit more of a moment in the last two to three years, I would say. And seeing the growing pains of that, of like in both the good ways and the bad, like we're going to have a real spot. They sound like a gigantic deal with YouTube, right? Like it's a big deal with YouTube and there's things where like, you know, the, the season gets shut down because of Corona and like, they have to figure out how to do all that. And kind of watching that from the outside looking in is interesting to me. Cause I just like observing how all these different businesses run. Um, right. And at the same time, it's like, there's these kid like this kid got RX on, on the rockers, like an animal. He's an animal of call of duty. And then I sit down and we're talking to him and he's like, yeah, like, I just think that's like super cool. I just love yeah. like observing like that. And he's like, nonchalant. like, yeah, bro, whatever. I just hit X, Y and just stuff. Yeah. Like there. whatever. Like I just like click right trigger and like, they're all dead. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> dude, let's talk sports. Mm -hmm. How much does it suck to be a Jets fan, man? Because obviously Gary makes it seem like it's the worst thing in the world. Unless you guys are like winning. How much does that suck, bro? Um, it's all I know, so I can't really tell you. I will say with the the seeing and being a part of the winning on the Astros thing is like, oh, this is what it's like to be successful when you like a team. Nice. Um, but the Jets are just a different – it's a different level for me. I love it more than anything. Um, it's not great. I don't enjoy being horrible, but one day we're going to figure it out. You're a Jets fan because Pops was a Jets fan. Is that who the one first one to get you going with the Jets? Yeah. So like when I was when I was super young, I liked the Packers because I liked Brett Favre. He was just like cool, and I liked him. I liked Cheeseheads; those were funny. Um, yeah. But then when I turned like eight or nine, it was like Jets. Do you know more about baseball or about football? Um, I probably know more about baseball because I understand it better. But it's close. I would say baseball, dude, because I don't I don't know. I don't think few people understand from not even playing that much baseball. Bro, you understand pitchers weaknesses. You understand hitters strengths. You understand bullpens. You understand rotation stuff. You understand leads. You understand trends. That's not common for a dude that's never really played like play mm -hmm. played. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where do you get that from? I don't know. I think it's, <laughs> I think a lot of it is, honestly, I think it probably a lot of it's the fantasy baseball. I've just done so much research and like read so many things and watched so many games and like been a part of something like that. Or it's so deep and you have to know all these random things that I've picked up on all these trends. And obviously it was like a, a child of the internet and like advanced metrics is all over the internet, all over baseball. Baseball is all advanced metrics, right? So you kind of just soak it all up. And I kind of have, started to get a better feel for it i would say there's a lot of things i don't know still but yeah you think there'll be a season this year i do i think they're gonna start for they're definitely gonna start it i don't know if they're gonna be able to finish it this the testing thing is like making me nervous what do you think yeah. do you think they should do it or no dude i got a text from pops this morning i think like at seven o'clock in the morning so he's like you know what i still don't think baseball's gonna it's gonna go man i so i work with a kid that his dad is the the official doctor for the Marlins. Mm -hmm. And man, especially from what, what I get from up north and stuff like that, they're like really, it's there, man. And now you guys became really successful. We now, like in Miami, 
Hold on, bro. Let me get this up here. Hold on. In Miami now, they've had to shut us down because they let us loose for a little bit. We went crazy in Florida. Like it we were like, yep. Seemed like back. they did. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. back. And then bro, one of my so friends, one of my friends went to Florida and got Corona. He came back home to Connecticut and had Corona. It's Dude, crazy. They literally, so check this out. So yesterday the mayor said, listen, fuck that. No gyms. No, yeah, bro. no, no, eating. shut then, that shit down. Then he changed his mind today. He goes, you know what? Okay. Let's do gyms, but you got to wear, look at this. You got to wear the fucking mask. But then cardio has to be done outside. I don't know what the hell's going on here. It's so you got to be social distancing. But he shut down the food, but it could be open outside. So it's like, it's crazy, man. And it's a lot of, a lot of unfortunate things that have hit. Obviously, with the protesting stuff, that put stuff in a whole crazy world. Obviously, in, bro, at least here, man. And I think over there, too. It's been super hot here, bro. So people just can't help to control themselves. They're like, yeah. hey, we got to go out. We got to go to the beach. We got to do our stuff. Bro, like, I, we're gonna read we're gonna read history books about this whole this little period one day, and the combination of people being locked up for three months, and then one of the most viral, like, disgusting video of probably of all like of of this type of thing of all time right. happens, right, right, right. and people just had to get out of their house, and it just exploded, bro. It, was, it went crazy, dude. It went it went, went real crazy. I think. Listen, I think basketball is gonna go. I mean, look at my boy. Listen, I don't know if you follow. You follow UFC. I yep. don't know if uh, so. My boy Jorge Masvidal got it's, in a plane. It's happening this weekend, right? dude. I look. You want to hear something crazy? So last week I interviewed his trainer, like workout trainer, Jesus Gallo. I was this week going to do going to interview Paulino Hernandez, who is his like trainer, like to throw mm -hmm. the punch and stuff like that. And he was going to show me, we're going to put it in a video. He was going to have me throw punches and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. I get a text uh, on Saturday. Bro, he's going to Dubai. Like, it's that, wild, bro. bro. It's I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it, the fight in uh, at uh, Malky, his uh, manager's house on uh -huh. Saturday. So well, that's kind of really doing great. it at because it's on Dubai time, right? Late. Yeah. But on our time, it's going to be, it's going to be classic, like super late, bro. That's I, I it's think, gonna be nuts. He's crazy, huh? Masvidal's like an animal, dude. He's, you know what it is. When I asked, the, I don't know. I didn't know anything about MMA mm -hmm. at all. When I was in Vegas, I learned Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey, bro. I was super mainstream. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything. Only one. Dude, I heard there was a Cuban. No, no, Jones was over there and stuff. Like that. And I heard there was this. When I saw Masvidal, obviously with the kick thing, I go, "Who's this fucking guy?" Then I heard he was Cuban and he's from mm -hmm. Miami. I was like, "Holy shit." So then you see the Kimbo slice thing, which I remember seeing, hearing about that, being young and YouTubing it, and then he was part of that, and then the whole mystique and the fact that he's been around for so long, Lou. And I asked his people, I go, "What makes this guy so good?" Good, like, bro, he's just a dog, man. You're gonna have to literally kill him, or like submit, like literally knock him out to get him off you. And that ability to have game plans, just literally like. Like changing like this, it's almost like hitting, you know. I like you. That's true. The be, that's what you always hear about. Like the best fighters, the best MMA fighters are just like absolute dogs. You have to. There's got to be something in your brain. Like they're built differently than other humans to be able to just take a punishment and just number one have like the wherewithal to keep moving forward and at the same time keeping in keeping in mind like your game plan because like 
part of it is you're taking the punches to set up the opens. So you can pop the left. Like it, that's a whole thing. It's so crazy to me. It's so crazy. The strategy, bro. And how you, and it's all combination. And so it's not just and this and that it's the legs. It's this, it's, it's so crazy, man. And watching him, they were saying, they were telling me watching him change instantly, bro. And just adapt and do this and do that and do this. And to be able to still fuck around in the ring. Mm -hmm. Cause that's confidence dude. to, you think you're so nervous there. And this dude is, I mean, when he started off with Nate, he joked with him with a flying kick that he was going to do that. And Nate was like, whoa. And then he could snap right into it. I'm just, I'm pumped that he, that he became more marketable. He's a straight dude. And, that yeah, this is a, and this is a trend. big moment for him. This is probably the biggest moment of his career. Huge, like, bro. That's pretty huge. awesome. Huge, yeah, huge, that's huge. awesome. All right. So we did the sports thing. Bro, here comes out of nowhere, Lou, this baseball card, sports card thing, bro. When that mm -hmm. tidal wave hits, yeah, Gary, which that's in his DNA. Was that in your DNA before or no? So this is one of the things that happened with my dad, with the podcast with my dad. He was like, yeah, little Lou didn't go to the card thing. That's not true. I was at the cards things. Yeah, like, let's I call him out. Let's call him out. memories of being at the cards things. Like I have it. Like he probably doesn't want to remember it. He might have blocked it out but like i had access to his ebay and i definitely bought a bunch of like signed lebron stuff and signed carmelo stuff and then told him i didn't buy it but i obviously nice. did so like I, I was involved but so that was my original thing it was probably like the 0304 range um i did it a little bit i was a little kid i was like you know eight or nine years old and it was fun and then i kind of checked out and then it came back again in 2017 like you're saying all right so now you start getting in the mix of this bro mm -hmm. what makes you so good at getting cards man is that because you have knowledge your speed your bankroll what makes you so good at at this card buying thing it's not my bankroll i have no bankroll um it's uh i uh, it's another thing lucky thing i do with gary like gary was like we're just gonna do this so that we started doing it we started buying and i didn't spend a dollar of my own money for 18 months i just learned how to do it through Gary, like it was a constant state of buying and it was learning to understand how the market moves and what drives card prices up and down. And it's not what you always think. It's not always the best player has the highest price card. That's not really true at all. And learning how pop culture matters and how like an Instagram post could literally drive the price of a card up, you know, 30, 40, 50%, right? Overnight. Um, and so, yeah, I, I had 18 months of just straight up learning and then I didn't buy a single thing the first card I ever bought was three weeks before Corona. No way. I bought a, yeah, it was the first time I spent my own money on a card. Gary was telling me for, again, for years, like you have to be buying cards. Like, what are you doing? How are you not spending money right now on buying cards? And I was like, bro, no, like, I don't want to spend money. I don't, I don't have the money to spend on that stuff. Like I just don't have it. Um, and right before Corona, I bought, I bought a couple of Lucas. I spent two, about like two twenty five a card. I bought four Lucas. Um, and then Corona hit and the cards promptly went down. Um, they got up to like 700 right before Corona. So nice. like, th this is the thing about cards, right? Like you spend, I, I, I pulled them out just in case you spend 225 on this in February, right? Right. In March, it's like a six, $700 card. And it's like, what is happening? Right? <laughs> like All cards right. are exploding and then Corona hits and they go right down. So kind of what we always thought was like, if something crazy happens like this, obviously unexpected, but something like this happens, these are going to be the first things to go. 
that turned out to not really be the case. So there was a there was like a two week period where cards went down because there was no sports and people were panicking because there's not going to be any sports for a year, but all that right. And then slowly but surely they all started coming back, and it was like, hmm, like how much of this is driven by hype or hype how much of this is driven by people want to actually invest in cards how much is this is people are just home bored um and that's still to be determined i guess but like it's just been a crazy it's been a crazy few months in cards like getting back to your question like the reason i can understand cards the best is i just have a really good understanding of like culture and like why people like things and why people would want to buy a luka Doncic card versus buying a trey young card etc 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 dude let's get into now the the famous we have one episode in the card talk podcast the card yeah. talk podcast. number one this is the cool advantage that you guys you motherfuckers have over all of us bro who came up with that cool logo thing of the card of um, your podcast i think that was brandon shammy shout out to brandon shammy he works for 137 p.m um you see he, you guys have an unfair bro i would think i would never that's in my brain but i can't produce that but dude, <laughs> you see yeah you guys like, got together and came up with that yeah, like so we've been wanting to do the podcast for probably a year now. Ever since we left the national last year in August, it was like we got to do a podcast. Like this is just here for the taking. There was no one doing there's people doing cards podcasts, but there's no one doing it in the way that we wanted to do it. Of course. Um, and so we we're like, we gotta do this, we gotta do this. And then we kind of dragged our feet and we were again bored at home during Corona and not bored, but like we had nothing to you know, like had time to think about stuff. And and Tyler and I were like, let's just kind of do it, right? Like we're just gonna we're gonna finally do it. We're gonna make it happen. It got pitched. It's it's so the card is spot the the podcast is sponsored by eBay. So that's kind of that kind nice. of is what catapulted us, right? So um, we were able to work with uh, Ryan Johnson at Card Collector Two on Instagram. He is a really cool collector. He owns a card shop in in Ohio. Um, you know him from before, Lou? Did you know him from before? Yeah. So he was like one of the first people I started talking to a few years back. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, he uh, he was a Gary fan, and we got connected randomly. Uh, we just were always talking. I met him at the national last year. When it came time to do the show, Tyler and I were like, "That's the dude for it, a hundred percent." Yeah, so um, it kind of came together quickly. Honestly, like it wasn't hap- it wasn't even happening as of like a month ago. Um, sorry, one sec, dude, dude. Hold on, I'm gonna get some water. Stay right there. All right, cool. Gary, text me about cards. Gary was texting me about cards now. Sorry. No, you're um, good. You're good. What do you say? What do you say? Come on, give us some give us some insight here. Uh, <laughs> we're just talking about this old random wrestling set that Gary is really into, and <laughs> 1982 wrestling all stars. It's like super cool. They got like all the old guys. It's like Fair Hogan, um, all like the classics. So. We're just talking about that. Um, Dude, you know but, I met Hogan. Have you ever met Hogan before? He came to our office uh, a long time ago. I want to say a 2014 maybe. So I like shook his hand and said, hey. Dude, he uh, here's a funny story. So New Year's Eve way back when, man, it was here in Miami at the place called The Forge on the beach. I had a table. He had a table right next to me, dude. Mm-hmm. And we started talking. And he's like, brother, I used to be a baseball player. I think he almost got drafted by the Yankees. 
But playing third base, he was through. You know when the third baseman come in and they make that throw, like lean, yeah. that quick throw on a, on a slow grounder. He mm-hmm. said he ripped his elbow, and there went his uh his baseball career. But that's not, crazy. Isn't that funny? He's like he was like a crazy athlete. Apparently, like all line. All you could tell, bro. You could tell. Insane. You could tell. Yeah, bro. The yeah. size and it's just it's just he's gigantic. Dude, yeah. Anyway, big dude, bro, big dude. So, where were we, bro? We hold on. Let's fix this. Um, we're talking about oh, okay, the no, podcast. The podcast. Okay, the podcast. Okay, we're gonna do this. We got the guy. Whatever. Yeah. So episode one was yesterday. It was filmed yesterday. It gets released tomorrow. Okay. It'll be out. You know, I don't know when this comes out, but it comes out Wednesday, July eighth. Okay. Now, let's let's talk about the pre-planning of the podcast. How did that process go? Is it like, listen, hey guys, everybody shows up, boom. Are we assigned like, okay, Lou, you talk about Luca. I'm going to talk about LeBron. You t- mm-hmm. How did that talk to me about that? Yeah. So me, Tyler and Ryan have a group chat. We're just constantly throwing stuff in that we're talking anyway about cards all the time. And then we film Monday mornings or film Monday afternoon. So Monday morning, it's like, all right, what are we going to talk about this week? We picked three topics, uh, top three things we saw from the past week. Um, we what were the topics? Come on, come on. Cause this, you, this is going to um, release after your show. So don't worry. Honestly, bro, like, I can't even remember. It was like one was about it was update about sports coming back. Um, it was about box breaking culture. So that's something in cards where like people buy a piece of a box and someone opens it. And you, if you have the Pelicans, you get all the Pelicans cards, etc. Okay. Um, and then the last one was what the hell was the last one? I don't even remember, dude. <laughs> it's like I don't even know. I don't even know. Every day is a every day. I don't know. I want to say it was about baseball i think it might have been about gavin lux i think we're talking about gavin lux yeah all right i think (laughs) how many how many podcasts are you gonna do a week we're gonna do one a week so we're gonna do every wednesday we're gonna have it's probably gonna be like about an hour hour and 20 every week we're gonna have the opening segment we're gonna have an interview every week and then we're gonna have like a little back end part we we thought about doing multiple times a week but it was like uh i don't know if we could really sustain that at like because we wanted it to be more of a long form and it was going to be tough to do like two or three times a week I get it. I get it. How did you feel doing it, bro? Do you feel cool? You're like, man, this is cool. You're like a little weird. How did you feel? Uh, it's definitely kind of weird. It's like a different, it's a different thing when it's, when it's like a recorded, it's just when the camera, it's classic, like the, something gets recorded, it feels weirder than if you were just talking about it. Right. Right. Um, so we did a bunch of practice shows. I'm sure everyone's going to see the first episode, listen to the first episode. It's going to be horrifically bad, but we're going to get better. Uh, it is. It's going to be bad. It's not going to be good, but it's okay. You've done podcasts before. I saw I saw some. So a dude had you on a card guy also, right? Yeah, Sasha. Sasha had me on. Yeah, but that's different. Like that's more of like a like just chilling. Like our show's like a little bit more like segmented out, and like we have really? a different segment. Yeah, we're trying to keep it like in a certain keep the certain kind of beats you know but is that because of the ebay thing or just because you want to keep it a uh, attention i it's going to be easier to keep the conversation segmented because it's very easy to get on a tangent we it's happened like one of the first shows we did we started just we talked for 30 minutes about something and it's like we can't have that conversation for 30 minutes um <laughs> <laughs> like we just can't it's it's realistic like a seven minute conversation that was 30 and it's like no so if we have to try to keep it a little bit together otherwise we'll go on forever who's doing the editing uh gallery gallery media group 1 p.m 
You lucky um, fuckers, you bad. You don't have to, dude. It, you don't know how lucky you are. take advantage of this, bro. Oh, I'm aware. I'm fully aware. We have a whole production team. It's crazy. Like, shout out to Cal. Shout out to Matt. Like, those are my guys. So, something funny. Again, we do we do practice shows for a month, right? Yes, uh, Monday morning. I turn on. I go set up my camera, all that stuff. My microphone doesn't work. Our first show, I have no, I have no microphone. I'm talking to my laptop microphone. So that's classic. No way. No way. Yeah. What, what kind of mic are you using? So I had a Blue Yeti. Okay. Um, but this is where I'm going to say shout out to Cal the most. He lives like a few towns over from me. He was like, yeah, I'm just going to drive you over a microphone. So he gave me, he brought me a microphone. And then I also bought this little arm stabilizer thing. Like, Nice. Nice. There you go. Professional you're, podcaster, by the way. You're back. You're Mike. back. You're back. You're back. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, look, you don't know how lucky you are, bro. I, because I come and I go, oh, let's get what the best has. So I, I get the Gary V, the sure one, right? Yeah, but that's this a thing, strong mic. This is a headache, bro, because you have to buy a clout thing that's, uh, you see, probably, seen, I don't know if you look at it in the office or not. It's like this blue thing to add gain. Yeah. To the microphone. Mm -hmm. And then I have the focus right, which is the red thing that you plug the microphone in. But then you guys have the there's a big board, almost like a boardish thing that has like a lot of dials that you guys use yeah. too. And I I hear myself, but I don't hear myself as clearly as people that have people editing this because i'm not editing my voice on a pocket it'll take me forever bro <laughs> it's enough that I, that I edit this like this if i were to edit this i don't even know how to do that but i thought that that would make it sound like i you hear it in gary's office where everybody sounds so clear yeah so dude you're so you're a lucky dude bro yeah so the thing it's like the mic monitor right like when you talk you can hear yourself i can hear myself yeah so like we tried that the first episode and I couldn't speak. I kept like talking over myself in my head and I couldn't talk. So I turned it you off. Like I can't it? do it. I can't do it. I, I love it. You know, you know why? Because I, I go eventually I'm going to go on these people's shows. Cause in Gary's, they don't do it. They don't use headset there, but like Joe Rogan uses headset and uh, Howard Stern uses headset. So I got to be prepared, bro. When I get called to the big league, don't you get talked over the, like, don't you like get confused? I got like confused. No, not at all because you There's get something wrong with you get, me then. No, no, you just gotta, bro. It's like when you're playing the Call of Duty, do you hear yourself? No, I turned it off. People have it on. Uh, I keep it off. I can't do it. It like fucks with my head. I can't it focus. Your head. Yeah. I like it because it tells me how it, it gives me a gauge on how loud I'm speaking or not. Oh, uh, well, again, this is why I'm lucky. They tell me if it's too low. <laughs> Oh my god, Lou! Yeah. Biggest mistakes card people are making today. Um, they're following the old rules. People think that people think that because a card is a thousand dollars, a LeBron is a thousand dollars. If you would have told someone a year ago that a two thousand and three uh, in two years ago that a two thousand three Topps Chrome LeBron James rookie card PSA ten was going to be a thousand dollars, they would have laughed you out of the room. Right. That card is twelve thousand dollars right now. Wow. People are playing by these old rules because it was a small hobby, right? It was a it was a little thing. There was you know a couple hundred thousand people who like cared about cards, right? It's different rules. 
completely different rules. People thought base cars were stupid. People thought like buying a hundred of these was a horrible idea, right? Because who cares about everyone wants the rarer ones. Everyone wants to have the thing that other people have, right? It's a lot like sneakers. When you go buy a pair of sneakers, right? If you go buy Bread 11 Jordans, you don't want the Bread 11 Jordans that has the blue tongue on it. You just want the Bread 11s. So like, it's a lot of old rules and people are playing this game where they care about population reports and stupid shit like that. People are confused. What advice do you have for people in the card game? What advice do you have? Um, listen to people who are new. I say that understanding that I probably say a lot of things that are stupid and incorrect. I like people like myself are saying things that they should be thinking about. An example of this is Pokemon. I'm obsessed with Pokemon. Right. I've been buying the original set Pokemon 1999 Pokemon game, right? Like this Charmander was 200 was 225 bucks 4 weeks ago. It you can't get them for less than 600, right? Like th- things are happening really really fast right now cuz it's, it's exploding. So people like you need to be aware that the rule you played by yesterday probably doesn't matter anymore. And like being nimble is a very important thing in cards right now. See how that goes great with your personality, bro. You, yeah. you're a guy nothing that likes matter. to be. Nothing matters. Is the the rule is the only rule is that there are no rules. Stocks only go up, right? Stocks only go up. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a whole <laughs> other thing. But like, yeah, that's the other. Actually, you know what? Real quick, it's funny you say that. People think that they're making the people like, oh yeah, I knew that card was going to go up. You, any idiot can buy a card right now and it's going to go up. It's not hard for cards to go up right now. There's all these new people. You still have to be smart about where you're spending your money. Like, are, do you want to spend a hundred dollars on a Lamar Jackson or do you want to spend a hundred dollars on, on two Sam Darnold's? Like that's like, like not those exact things, but like those kind of games, you have to be strategic about why you're making a decision. Not just because you think it's going to make money because probably everything you buy is going to make money. Lou, are you going to hold your stuff? Are you selling it for profit? What's your plan? Um, there's some stuff I'm going to sell. Like I, I, I sold three of my Lucas, right? Like I want to buy, I got to buy a car. Like there's stuff like that. Like it's a means to end for sure. There's certain things I want to be holding. Like I have no plans to sell this Charmander. Like I think this Charmander is probably a five to $7,000 card down the road. Um, and then there's certain stuff I'm collecting for myself. Like I got these cool, like Sam Darnold cards, like stuff like that, but it's definitely a means your, to an end. What's your favorite card you have right now? Is that, that Pokemon there that you have? Um, my favorite card I have right now is probably either this Team Rocket right here. Shout out to okay. Team Rocket. If you like Pokemon when you were a kid, Team Rocket is legit. Okay. So it's either that or it's this little Kevin Durant card, 2007 rookie card. It's a it's like an insert. So like it looks like the 1986. It's like the Michael Jordan year. This card's like super dope. I love it. Yeah. How often do you look at those cards? Hardly ever. They they're in a in one of my drawers and they just sit there. They just sit there, huh? Yeah. They just, there's no reason to look at them because then I'm going to want to do stuff with them and I don't want to do that. You're going to want to do stuff. Anything you excited to get now? Anything, any tips that we could give the people out there? Pokemon. I had a lot of card people following me for some reason. So anything you want to share with them? Pokemon, bro. Buy Pokemon. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, if you spend $200 on Pokemon cards, you have to be educated. You have to be smart about what you're buying. But if you are, are smart about what you're buying with Pokemon, you're going to make gigantic returns in the next 18 to 24 months, I think. Lou, are you prepared? Like, have you thought about with what you're doing now, bro, 
answering comments on people like like are you, like kind of do what I do with people and ask you for advice. Are you ready to go down that road? Or are you like, listen, I don't have time to do that. That's not my It's thing. not a lot of time. I just wouldn't put myself as the person you should go to for advice. Like no, but they no no no. They're gonna read people are gonna read they're gonna reach out. You're gonna become you, you you've already become almost an authority in this brand. You're only gonna become more popular in this. Like are you yeah. prepared to help people out? Like do you have the you like doing that or are you like listen, I don't wanna bother no, I do. I, I think it's fun, right? It's it's interesting. It's a little tough game where you could very quickly be accused of pumping and dumping, and <sighs> that's not something that I want to be involved in. Like I just don't do that. <laughs> right, like I said, I don't. Right. I barely sell anything. So like, it's a tough. It's a tough line to walk. I'm like, hey, listen, do I like Charizard? Do I like Charmander? A hundred percent. Do I think you should buy? Because I'm saying so. Absolutely not. You know what I mean? All right. But I'm right. my whole thing is the one thing I want people to do is like learn it and understand it because first of all, it's kind of fun. And then once you learn it and understand it, you don't need to talk to me. It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy, huh? Dude, the only thing I I I didn't like, bro, about my meeting with Gary was when he started talking about baseball cards. I wish I could have said, listen, bro, let's talk about anything else. I'm not gonna buy one <laughs> card. I don't know what I'm I, that's not my passion. I know baseball, but you came me, to the card show. It was weird. No, right? no, because listen, because I've always said this before the whole Gary thing, I said. I just want to be able to see him and go, hey, bro, what's up? That's it. Anything else is a bonus. Anything else is a bonus. The fact that I got a roll with you guys to that card show and see that world, mm -hmm. I love it. It's not for me. I would never in a million years buy one. I could care less about that world. But the fact that I love people that are passionate, that could have been the hamster convention. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I would have gone with you guys. Yeah, bro, because... What what is very admirable about what you guys have built is you've built what we all athletes miss, which is you've built the team stuff, man. And those experiences isn't what normal people do. Like the fact that you guys get to do the fantasy draft, you go to the football games, the core people of football games. Now you go to the baseball card thing, the sports card thing, dude. It's it's special, man. And I anytime I see something like that, I celebrate because mm -hmm. I, I I love that. You know, I don't I don't have that, but that's why every time I can creep along and hang out with you guys, I'm gonna do. I told you that I'm, I'm gonna do it. I know they moved it to December. Just sit there and learn and learn. And I really got to see, man. And obviously, after that, a lot of people asked me about Gary. And I'm gonna tell you something about that dude. I saw that guy on a Saturday. No camera, not one single camera on him. Be the nicest guy in the world, man. He and the did same, not, right? And the same, bro. People don't understand same. that. <laughs> they think he's like, he's oh, the same level of insane. Almost 24 even, hours no, a day. And nicer. And his and he had his kid there and his son. And his son's like, dad. And he was so patient with his son. He never once said, hey, bro, shut up. He was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like just everything, dude. And then. When he got to the card thing, and it's just like the machine just kept, here we go, buy this one, buy this one. Okay, let's go get it. This thing. Just didn't pass, man. Real quick. And that real quick. was real awesome. At that show, he was talking about these Kevin Durant cards. They were like $10 at the time. You can't get them for 200 bucks now, just so you know. Really? That was How a random one-off. How about those Sotos that he got? Sotos were like, they were like, what, what was, do you remember what he was paying for those then? 85 No, he got hooked up because uh, he got a deal from that one. One dude, he paid for like, that was like oh, he got those two autos, right? 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. He pay- I'm going to look it up right now because it's definitely way higher. I forgot about those. Hang on real quick. Those, they'll take your time. We have all the time in the world. Take your time. Those Juan Sotos, bro. I'll never forget. And, they, and everybody knows them, so they hooked them up on the price. <laughs> so those are now – those have actually stayed pretty steady. They're pretty steady. They're still around the same price. Yeah. And that, so Actually, this is a good example of what I'm talking about. People want to buy auto. Like uh, People in the hobby are going to buy autograph cards because they're like, those are rare. There's not that many of them. They depreciate way better than a base card would do, right? Which is true. Like, like Those cards are rare, which means they're going to be pretty safe, and they're not going to go down. They're going to stay the same. There was a global pandemic, and those cards are the same price. So right, right, right. that's where that comes in. But like Juan Soto base rookie cards, PSA 10s, those were 80, those were 75, 85. Those those are $145 right now. Right. Because everyone wants to be like, I have the one Soto rookie card. That's why. Right. Which one did he he pay like a th- I guess I think it was like thirteen hundred for one? Yeah, it was less? it was his it was his Bowman Chrome autographed rookie cards. There was a base one and a, a refractor. Is that his best card for Juan Soto? <sighs> Yeah, that's like that's so Bowman is like when you're in the minor leagues, that's your card. That's that was his first Bowman card autographed, and then the refractor is like a parallel version where there's only fifteen hundred of them. Lou, who's your because you're so unique, man? The way you think, who's your favorite uh, music person right now? My favorite music person is probably Roddy Rich. I listen okay. to a lot of Roddy Rich. Um, and then second is probably I love Casey Musgraves. She's like this country singer. She makes the best music. It makes me so happy all the time. Really, I love I love Casey Musgraves. Dude, I see you post. I've seen you post about McMill. No, not McMill. Um, uh, what's his name? Mac Miller. Mac Miller. Mac Miller. Mac yeah, Miller. that was my. I, yeah, he was my favorite rapper when I was a kid. When you were a kid, why is that? Because he just talks about, uh, I don't know anything. I don't know any of his songs. But I know a lot so he of passed away. Him. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that I yeah, know. That so, I know. so his, podca- his podcast, his mixtape, I listened, started listening to him probably like 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, he came out with a mixtape called Kids. It was centered around, have you ever seen the movie Kids? I don't think so. Came out in 1994. It's about these kids in New York City running around. It's a crazy movie. It's like NC 17. I don't know if you ever okay. seen an NC 17 movie. It's crazy. So the movie's crazy. I always love that movie because it's like weird. I love weird movies like that. Right. Um, and then that mixtape came out actually at a very, very like prime time of like me being a teenager and like coming to my own and like thinking about things a different way for the first time and like liking girls and like all stuff like that. Right. Um, so I listened to that mixtape every day for like four years like it it was my favorite mixtape right and he was my favorite artist i went and saw him with a bunch of my friends like he was my favorite like heart like loved him so much um and then yeah he his music changed a little bit i kind of went away from his music because he went a different path and then his last album before he died i was like wow i like really love this like I, i really like got back into it and like he had grown as an artist and i it's like stupid. Like I, I felt like I could like relate to like the growth of, as like a human. Of course, right? of course. Really? Um, and I really loved it. And then he unfortunately passed away and it was just like, yeah, really, really fucking sad. Lou, with that said, have, who have you been impressed with that you've seen at Vayner and be like, holy shit, look at this guy here. 
Anybody? Who works at who works at Vayner? No, who people that come to see Gary. Oh, um, you know what, man? I'm very impressed by like everyone. And the reason I say that is number one, there's a lot of people who come in there and it's their time to meet Gary, right? Like they're very excited about it. Like the people that get me the most pumped up is when he flies people into the office. Like he will be like, Hey, you live in Arizona. Like, cool. I'm going to buy you a flight. You come to Arizona, you come to New York for the day, have a 15 minute meeting with me and then fly home. Right. The amount of like balls you have to have to walk into the office and like sit down with Gary like that is crazy to me. Like I can't even, I'm trying to think of like, if like, I don't know if Will Smith was like, yo, come to LA right now, sit down here for 15 minutes. I'd be like, a ball of nerves. Like, I no, be and what's so, and the crazy thing about Vayner is you're in front of all those people, and <laughs> you that's because Will Smith ain't gonna put you in an office for a He'll probably meet you in his house, whatever. But the fact that you gotta walk through that's like a hundred people, yeah, <laughs> dude. And listen, I'm gonna tell you a story. You weren't there the first time I went to Vayner. The first yeah. time that I was there, nobody was there, and I kind of felt the evil eye on me because I of what was going on. And thank God I was like, bro, this is, this seems like hostile territory here, you know, but I don't think it was no, no, but, you, but it just felt because we were, we're in the Mike Tyson room, which is gorgeous. I mean, that place is so beautiful, man. Whoever designs that office is like, it was wild, bro. bro. I went back a couple of weeks ago. For the you first time it, huh? since this whole it? thing happened. And I walked in and I was like, oh, like this is great. Like yeah, it's so nice. But anyway, sorry. For for me, look, be, being Cuban from Miami, when you when I went there, it was like, oh, that's why I wanted your dad to come with me. And the fact that you were there, because I go, listen, I don't want this to be uh, hey, help me out, cool. Yeah, 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 go on TikTok. Great, have a good day. See you later. I want it to be something that's like this, and this is just the beginning of of something, man, which is which I, I couldn't, uh, now talking about that, I couldn't thank you enough, man, for the love you've given me. Uh, you'll never know how special that was and, and how you opened me with open arms and, and you introduced me to your dad and your brother. And that, to me, is, is something special. I'll never forget, bro. Yeah, listen, I mean, you, you've you been amazing for my brother. Like, I'm so glad we, like, we got connected through Goldberg, right? It was like a random. Through our boy, man. Shout and, out to Andrew Goldberg, my guy. I talk to him all the time. He's he actually in to, our group. He's in our cards group chat on Instagram, yeah. It's my dude, guy. He's, he's the guy, man. And then I was, listen, I was so happy. I saw a text that he posted that he thanked Gary through uh, when he did the empathy thing because he was a part of that. But how crazy that the day, the day that I meet you the second day i meet you and he's the reason why i met you he's not there anymore how mm-hmm. crazy is that bro so random it's like weird it's weird to think of that but yeah like you've been awesome my brother and my like my dad like loves you it's like amazing like you guys talk all the time <laughs> that guy's um, a man so so it's been like super cool and like i'm glad i just yeah you're the man we're there bro we're there Lou, before we go, man, any questions for me? Anything, man? Anything I could help you with? Any thoughts? Yeah, anything? what are you doing? Like, what have you been doing the last few months? All right, bro. Also, so, your shirt is out of control. Dude, I changed up, as you can what see. What a shirt. Thank you, bro. Lou, I feel, bro, to answer your question and not sound, I don't want to sound conceited when I tell you this, but I feel unstoppable in whatever I want to do, man. And I've been preparing this whole thing. That's why all these interviews to me are super important because I treat this bro 
like if we're ESPN, like if like mm -hmm. this to me is super serious, you know, even though I know that this is more powerful than in long term, Barstool, Gary V, that, that world is more powerful than regular media. This is the way, bro. So I've just been preparing for that, my man. Yeah, that's awesome. And the, the cool part, like the, one of the things I've noticed with the podcasting thing is like the more you do it, you get so much better at it. Like I'm sure like when, when did you start doing the show? Like again, like when did you go hard? You first, you started again hardcore, like when Corona started with the StreamYard thing. That I, I, and I got that because I started with Preston. I go to Preston. I reach out to him. Shout out to Preston. I go, listen, bro, let's oh do a show. Let's do a show. Yeah, let's do a show. And he came on and we did two weeks, but the poor guy, his dad was killing him, bro. He was doing, he has to do a lot of like media stuff for his dad. And he was editing all night. And I was like, bro, I, I don't, and I'm pumped because I, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not doing that. So I go, listen, bro, let's take a break for a second. So I felt real bad for him, but I just started getting people on. And when I really noticed, to be honest with you, that I have a, a thing for it. I don't know if it's a talent, but a thing for it was when I interviewed the people at the Rawlings Gold Glove Awards. Mm -hmm. That I was able to improvise and just grab. Like that. Those are the best. I think those kinds of things, that's, that's, I think interviewing is such a, like, a good skill. Because yeah. it, it's also one of those things you either have it or you don't. Like you can either talk to, you can either have a conversation with someone or you can't like, I really don't think you can like learn how to do that. And once you know, you have that skill and you can like hone it, it's really good. And you do it gorilla style, which is yeah, like, you just go do shit. Perfect. And honestly, I grabbed George Lopez. It's so funny. There's a picture I posted. I grabbed Joe Lopez, uh, George Lopez. I go, George really quick for the YouTube. Yeah, man. You just trick them, you know. Hey, so this is, dude, I did yeah, it. Like, hey, Logan Paul, like you want to talk for thirty seconds, like, <laughs> I, 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 dude, you want to hear some crazy? You saw the one I did with Logan Paul. Mm -hmm. The kid before has blown up Eric Decker, Arac. Do you follow Logan Paul? I listen to his podcast a little bit. Yeah, he's the dude. Well, you gotta see his channel. This dude flies in from Atlanta to to go to the fight there before he sneaks in, comes in suit and tie, and pretends he's at the zone. Report. <laughs> his boy gets a disowned jacket. They made a disowned jacket, and he's pitching Logan of why he should join Team Maverick. That's he's crazy. Like, listen, like, and I'm hearing it, and I just start recording it, so I'm ready to catch Logan. And as I'm hearing him, Lou, Logan's like, "Dude, I'm buying this. Okay, I'm, dude, I'm really impressed by you, and I'm really impressed, really impressed. Yeah, really impressed. Can I get your information?" And the guy's like, "Yeah," and he and he starts saying his his username, whatever. And I saw him like, I didn't like that. Because I go, listen, bro, if you're going to go meet Logan Paul, when that guy says, give me information, you either throw him a card, you you look, I'm going to, like, you don't want to be there like, hey, Logan, he was kind of like making him look for his username. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't do that, bro. Because this guy would be like, ah, you're not prepared, get, get out of my face. You know what I'm saying? Bro, after he was done, I pulled the guy aside. I go, listen, bro, you got talent, man. I hadn't even seen his stuff, Lou. I go, you got talent. Guy had 1,500 subscribers at the time. You got talent, bro. If you'd have came a little more prepared, you would have nailed that. Lou, like two weeks past, two weeks past, this dude comes out. I look at his work. This guy's fucking looks like his YouTube are like movies, bro. <laughs> he did a he did he did one where he snuck into Dan Bilzerian's house. He had to take it out. And he crushed it. Crushed it. Crushed it. He snuck into Dan Bilzerian's house. As a waiter, That's as a server. 
to then say what's up to Logan Paul there. And Uh Logan Paul's like, oh, my God. uh." Then he bought Logan Paul's couch. (laughs) Did a whole series out of that. And and I had him on my show. He was like the second guy on my show. Are you going to blow up, bro? At the time, 1,400 when I saw him at Jake Paul's fight. When I had him on my show, he was at 300,000. Now he's at 600,000. It's crazy. And here's the funny part. This guy, Jake Paul, just had him on to, to get him into Team 10. He's like, no, nah, man, I'm going to go off and do my own thing. Yeah, bro. Like, you say that the YouTube thing, I, I'm always, like, amazed by, like, the editing thing on YouTube. It's crazy that, like, anybody can become, like, like, I, like if someone 30 years ago, if you showed someone 30 years ago, like, a regular kid's YouTube who, like, knows how to edit, they'd be, like, mind blown. Like, anyone can make, like, a real quality video. It's amazing. You guys, bro. Look at you guys. You're gonna yeah, like produce. Jason and D Rock and like it blow and Dustin, like all those, like all of them, like it's crazy. It blows my mind. No, but let, let's say those guys, you right now are, are gonna do a podcast that's gonna look super pro. Mm, we're in StreamYard. It's fine though. No, but 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 it, but it's gonna have the it's gonna be like T with Gary V. The real yeah. you're gonna pop up. I'm sure somebody's gonna click something in and the, the real thing are gonna pop up and it's Lou, bro, yeah, bro, I'm so excited for you, bro. I'm so it's excited, crazy, for you, man. man. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun, man. I'm excited about it. I kind of, it's gonna be weird. Like, I don't know how to like gauge success of a podcast. I don't know if I really care either, but like, I don't really know how to gauge if people are listening to it or not. It's literally just comments. So I'm excited. You know how you, you know how you gauge success on all this, bro? And you hear this guy say it all the time: if you're having fun, man. When you start looking yeah. forward to Mondays or whatever, you won, bro. Trust me. And that market. You're gonna do amazing, bro. That's why, and and funny you said this. The people that I have had on, I've never been interviewed before. Like mm-hmm. your dad's never done a podcast, so our form of talking is not like us. Us right now, we're just jiving. We're just like boom, 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 boom. But the majority of people haven't, so it's almost like they it's interview style. So I gotta loosen them up. I gotta do. I gotta romance them a little bit. Blah blah. blah. What you guys are gonna do? Oh my god! Wait till episode 20 bro you guys are gonna be insane what i've been saying to tyler and ryan is like yo we did this show yesterday like in three weeks we're gonna look back and be like that was so bad like that because we're just gonna change it's gonna the the whole show is gonna change 500 times between now and and six months from now you know what i mean you got an intro song and everything yeah we got the whole deal bro like we (laughs) we got the whole deal man we got like the little intro card we got the ad reads i had to do ad reads today it's the idea the fact that i have to do ad reads is like like it's so stupid i love it bro look at see but that's that's this thing dude wow bro wow so proud of you man i'm so happy for you you. so that's my question man so that's what i'm doing now what do you think you think i got a shot at that or what what do you think i think you are an animal and i think you are capable of way more than you probably realize that you're capable of so if anyone's going to figure it out it's going to be you that's for sure you're the man buddy you're the man listen anything you need dude you Always, always. You hit me up with any questions on anything, man. I'm going to chop this up. I'm going to do you proud. I appreciate that, man. Thank you You're so much. You're the man, brother. I'll talk okay. later, okay? All right, later. All right, dude. Bye. Boom, there it went. Thank you guys so much for listening, for listening to the whole episode, number one, for subscribing. Number two, if you probably heard this whole thing, you've probably subscribed. And if you haven't, please subscribe if you feel it. If you don't, don't subscribe at all. But if you do. Subscribe, listen to everything we talked about, and then 
give it your twist. You don't have to imitate anybody on this. You don't have to imitate me or anybody I bring on. But just listen. Why are they winning? What lessons have they learned? What questions are they asking? What answers are they giving? And take it from there. Forever, guys. Love every single one of you. Remember, keep going hard and do your thing. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.